It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Ray White, the largest real estate and property group in Australasia. And welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Podcast. Well, the banks, as we know, and mortgage brokers have never been busier than in the last couple of years. Every day, there are huge numbers of Australians applying to lending institutions for mortgages, and the applicants are putting their best foot forward, supplying information like a good-paying job, Job, keeping things like your credit cards under control and expenditure overall is shown to lenders who hopefully see you as a good bet, a good risk, with that all-important credit score you achieve when it comes to unlocking a mortgage and that you've been a busy bee banking a good percentage of your wage. Now imagine being told that where you live isn't a good enough postcode for a mortgage. That's right. The points and criteria in some cases are starting to look at postcodes of both poor and richer areas. But does living in a poorer postcode have anything to do with your ability to pay a mortgage? Well, let's invite Jeannie Marie Patterson into the conversation. She is a Professor of Law at University of Melbourne and co-director for the Centre of AI and Digital Ethics. Hi, Jeannie. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you for having me. What's going on here? This all seems a little bit uh, crazy, doesn't it? Ah, uh, yeah. It's it's a it's a strange new world. Um, what we're seeing is some agencies that provide credit rating are now trying to use algorithms to help with that credit score, and that means they provide all sorts of data to the algorithm, which then comes up with the score. And one of those factors that is being considered is postcodes. Now, the thing you you mentioned is you might be told your postcode's not good enough. The point here is people who are trying to borrow money won't even be told their postcode was considered. They'll just be told they're not a good borrower. That's part of the problem, that the algorithms that are being used are grabbing all sorts of data that we don't really know about, which may not be that relevant, which may not be fair, but is still potentially affecting whether a person gets a loan. So coming back to that all-important question, where you live doesn't really reflect your ability in any way to repay the mortgage. No, where you live does not affect an individual's capacity to repay a mortgage. But what these algorithmic processes are doing is looking at groups of data, groups of people that look like each other or live near each other or have similar profiles so that if the algorithm finds that in a particular postcode either people are bad at repaying their loans or equally people aren't borrowing money at all, then the algorithm is going to say, well, that postcode correlates with poor ability to repay and that tells you nothing about a particular individual's ability to repay and it might not be even relevant at all. It might just be people in that postcode don't borrow very much money. Is it a form of discrimination? It can be a form of discrimination because it can be a correlation. The postcode can also be a correlation with people who are older or younger or of a particular cultural background or ethnic background. And then we have what's called discrimination by proxy. The score is not based on somebody's race but it's de facto based on race because it's picking up where people of a particular cultural or ethnic background live. And in fact, there's been a lot of um, problems in the US with this practice. 
You know, you talk about these algorithms that the companies are using. They're using it in an automated way, and they're somewhat flawed based on the automation. That's right. So automation is justified as being more efficient than what a human would do, but it's also less reflective. So all an algorithm is doing is looking for patterns in large amounts of data, and those patterns might be useful but they also might not be useful. And there's websites that have you know, lots and lots of what we call false correlations. For example, people who died being tangled in their bedsheets and eat cheese. Now, obviously, the two aren't related. An algorithm, because it's just looking for patterns in data, won't know that. So it can come up with lots of false and irrelevant considerations which is problematic and it's even more problematic when it can discriminate in a way that has real consequences for people. So if the consequences is deserving borrowers don't get loans, that's really problematic. Well, my big problem with this is if you don't know the reason in terms of why you're being denied the mortgage, as you said at the top of the show, you said, well, A no's a no. They're not telling you necessarily that your postcode may have been a bit of an influence. That's right. What we in the law are calling for there is algorithmic transparency. Because the first step when these automated processes are using is letting people know what is happening. That's only by having some transparency in the weighting of different factors that the banks who are making the lending decisions and the people who are subject to those lending decisions can say, hey, wait a minute, I understand that my my credit card debt and the loans I've had in the past might be relevant to whether I'm given a loan to buy a house, but postcode is either irrelevant or positively discriminatory. So we would say that there needs to be greater clarity about what's being done in these automated processes for the betterment of everybody. You know, I hate to say this, but if it is not thoroughly sort of looked into and I guess legislation is brought in, I mean, this is something that could easily get way beyond out of control where it already is. Absolutely. And the problem we have here is that, remember, it's a third party commercial provider doing the credit ratings. So they they certainly have an incentive not to disclose information because it's commercial in confidence or it's their proprietary algorithm. If we're going to rely on automated process to make important decisions, we need to move beyond that mindset and stress the importance for transparency, which follows, and from that, follows accountability for the types of decisions that are being made. And interestingly, in Europe, laws demanding these things are starting to be passed. And the other thing I suspect is that these companies with their algorithms, this is the pitch that they're making to, let's say, for example, a bank. You know, we've got this wonderful algorithm. Oh, you won't believe how good this algorithm is. It does this, it does that. And I guess banks can get sucked into how good that they're purporting it to be. Absolutely. So the pitch for algorithmic processes that are being sold is um, the companies that are doing the ratings will say, we've got hundreds and thousands of data points that will help you make a better decision about who to lend to. And that's well and good, but we need to go beyond the advertising pitch and actually look at what's happening. Because I think it's fair to say in Australia, 
you know, banks are really important <laughs> to people's <laughs> lives, to the economy. And we demand a certain level of fairness in what's done. Buying a house is the biggest decisions in people's lives. It's really important to them. And particularly young people are often moving out to, to new suburbs, up and coming suburbs to get a head start. And they shouldn't have that held against them from some factor that they don't even know about. I wonder if the algorithm picks up things like somebody living in a richer postcode might be buying plenty of cocaine and going off the rails and wouldn't be a very good bet at all for a mortgage. Well, that's a, it's an interesting comment you make because in America, they've used the same kind of algorithms to predict crime in particular areas and decide where police resources should be sent. And when they did a survey of how this predictive policing algorithm works, they realised that it discriminates against poorer suburbs. And poorer suburbs, it was picking up petty crime by young people, where in fact it was totally oblivious to closed-door drug crimes in richer suburbs. So in fact, you hit the nail absolutely on the head. It's a very crude tool. The algorithm is only as good as the data that it's working on. So, for example, if people in a particular neighbourhood actually aren't borrowing money, perhaps because they're saving or relying on community and families to get sort of financial support, that may show up as a poor credit risk, whereas that, that, that community, people in that community probably actually are very reliable and able to repay. And in a, a, a supposedly wealthier subject, suburb where there are high levels of borrowing and debt, might look like people um, able to manage their incomes, but you may have a lot of potential problems just over the horizon. So, yes, looking at something like postcode and making decisions of it, it might appear statistically viable, but when we dig down deeply, deeper, it, it may just be nonsense. I wonder too, now that this is getting a bit of press, a bit of bit of earring, now that people are starting to hear about these algorithms, I wonder just how much the banks are going to do a lot more due diligence in this area because, I mean, the banks in many ways have a lot to lose here from a credibility point of view. Yeah, I think that's right. I think, I think when I said we need transparency, it's not just transparency for individuals, it's in also transparency for a bank or any company that's purchasing algorithms, an algorithmic tool. If you look at the marketing behind various predictive tools, such as um, predicting credit risk, you know, you're told there's high accuracy, lots of data points, but it's really important that the purchasers of those tools, banks, have the skills, capacity, expertise to dig down a bit and look what's really happening in the data and understand that they may be perpetuating discrimination by relying on these tools, you know, as a worst outcome and even as a good outcome, the tools may actually not be very reliable, not very accurate because they're missing so much important data about factors that are really relevant to, to whether people are likely to re repay loans. And particularly when you think that, what we're seeing at the moment in a tight housing market is that people are going into new neighbourhoods, new areas. There won't be much data about those areas, but we still want people to be able to buy houses in up-and-coming neighbourhoods, to buy houses in regional areas. We, we want that exploration in the property market and we don't want algorithms stifling that. And we talk about awareness. I wonder if people will start actually asking banks, is part of the criteria based on an algorithm and also the data regarding the, the postcode on my application? 
I think that's right because I think people understand very well that their credit history is relevant to um, what how banks will consider them and they know that, for example, they can look up their, their own credit score which looks at, you know, the extent to which they've had borrowings, repaid their credit card debt and the like and they know, people know that we have responsible lending laws in Australia which means that banks need to look carefully at people's ability to repay. I think, I think borrowers are aware of those things. But the fact there may be other secret variables that are um, affecting decisions will be quite a surprise and also something that people will want to start knowing, knowing about. And indeed, again, in Europe, if individuals are subject to an automated decision, they have to be told that and they have to have the right to say, I don't want to be subject to that decision. I want the decision made by a person. It's a decision banks shouldn't be making lightly and it's a decision, in fact, credit rating agencies shouldn't be making lightly. They can't glibly be going out and relying on factors that were unexpected to people and that may be, just, as I say, discriminatory or prejudicial. And, and we're not just seeing this in the real estate market. The real estate market is the tip of the iceberg. Algorithms are now being used to decide not just whether you get a loan, but also whether you get a job. The same algorithms are being used to decide to rank CVs for people applying for employment. So this is a big question and one that we're going to see more about, I think. Well, thank you so much for unpacking that. And I have a sneaking suspicion that you and I will be talking into the future. If this starts to gain momentum and get worse down the track, I'm sure that we'll be talking again. Jeannie, thank you so much, as I say, for unpacking that and coming on to the Real Estate Podcast. Oh, it was an absolute delight and such an important topic. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast.